begin today at the Mishnah on Dav Chavtes Amadalef, about 10 or 12 lines down from the top of the page. So this Mishnah will actually talk about a whole new subject, not really seemingly related to the subject of the Mesechta at all, Kedushin. We began with the Din of Isha Niknis, the Kenyan of Kedushin. Then the Mishnah spoke about other Kenyanim. And from the last Mishnah, it spoke about, or one of the Mishnahs before, uh, let's talk about Kenyanim, but this Mishnah actually seems to be, I think the Rishayim say it's a continuation related somewhat to the to Isha, as we'll see when it comes to the obligation of Isha fulfilling mitzvahs. That's one of the details it speaks about in this Mishnah. Zok Teilige Mishnah. Kol mitzvahs haben ala'av, the mitzvahs of a son on the father. Now, what exactly those words mean, the Gemara will immediately explain. Anoshim chayovin. Men are obligated, and v'noshim peturais, and the women are exempt. The mitzvahs that the father has on the son, both men and women are chayiv in them equally. Another halacha, any mitzvah say that's caused by time, but can only be fulfilled in a specific time, men are chayiv, v'noshim peturais, and the women are potter. Rashi actually translates the, when the Mishnah says Zman Grama in the literal sense, that it's a mitzvah that is caused by the time. It's a mitzvah that can only be fulfilled in a specific time because the Torah says that it's this time that causes the obligation of the mitzvah. There is a possibility of certain mitzvahs which could only be fulfilled in a specific time, but it's not really Zman Grama. Um, I can't think of a mitzvah in the right now, but let's say there's a discussion regarding uh, the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana. Is it something that women fulfill or not? That's not a mitzvah menatayra. Here, this mission is discussing mitzvah menatayra, but I'm just trying to give an example. There is really no time frame that is given for the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana. But the fact is that the Levana, in its new appearance, after seven days from when it is born, is only one, one time a month. So it is connected to a specific time. So there's, certain, there's other examples also for this. When you have a mitzvah that could only be done in a certain time, but you can't really say it's man grama. So there's a machlaikis in Rishainim and Paiskim whether the women will be chayiv or not. Rashi seems to be translating the Mishnah literally that the zman causes the mitzvah to come. B'chol mitzvah sasei shaleya zman grama. When you have a mitzvah sasei that's not related or caused by time, echot ha'anoshim v'echot ha'anoshim chayavim. Men and women are equally obligated in this mitzvah. B'chol mitzvah sloi sasei. When it comes to mitzvahs, whether it's related to time, whether not related to time, both men and women are obligated. Besides three mitzvahs, the love of taking off the pace of the head, the love of removing the hairs of the beard, and the lav that applies to a kayin not to become tome to a mace, to a dead body, that does not apply to a woman, only to a man. As it, as it said, the Gemara will learn out every single detail over here. The Mishnah will be learned out from Sukkim. Okay, so the Gemara begins with explaining first the simple pshat of the first statement of the Mishnah. My kol mitzvis haben ala'av. What does it mean when it says in the Mishnah, the mitzvis of the son on the father? If you would translate it to mean, 
This means those mitzvahs that the son is obligated to do for the sake of the father, which would basically mean like kibud aveim, to honor a father, to be to have fear from a father and mother. So is that what the Mishnah is speaking about? And it's saying noshim peturais that women are potter. But vatanya, we learned nabraisa ish when it says in the pasuk the mitzvah of moira aveim. So the pasuk says ish imay So it begins with ish a man. Ish, so I, I know that a man is obligated in this mitzvah. Isha minayin. How do I know a woman is obligated as well? That you should fear, and it says tiro in a plural term. So this includes two, so it's coming to add not only a man, even a woman. So that cannot be the pshat of the Mishnah then. So what is the Mishnah saying? The way to understand the Mishnah is as follows. Call mitzvahs haben. The mitzvahs that are done with the son. And it's the obligation of the father. It lies upon the father to get them done for his son or in his son. And the Gemara will soon say what those mitzvahs are. Anoshim chayovin. The men are obligated. And the women are potter. Now what are these mitzvahs that the father has to do for his son? So, maybe maybe it all goes on no, Tiro is going back to the one that has to fear, not the father and the mother. Tiro, ooh, it's not, okay, it's not, yeah, the, not yeah. the tithes, yeah. So the Gemara brings a raya, this pshat that we're saying in the Mishnah is a raya to what it explains also in the Braisa regarding this. A father is obligated to making a bris for a son. And if the son is a Bukhair, the firstborn, he has to do the Pidyan Aben for him. And also to teach him how to learn Taira. And to marry him or for, to a wife. And to teach him a profession, a craft. And others say, He's also obligated to teach him how to swim. Rabbi Yehuda adds further another thing. As a father that doesn't teach his son a profession, he's teaching him to be a thief. <coughs> so the Gemara asks him this: He's t- literally he could you say that if he just didn't teach him anything, it's like he's he, he's he's teaching him to be a thief. Says the Gemara, It's as if he taught him to be a thief because someone that doesn't have a profession and he doesn't have what to eat, so then he will end up stealing money. So here we see it in this Braisa, the halacha that it said in the Mishnah, these obligations that a father has to do for his son, the bris, pidyana ben, and to teach him teireh. And those mitzvahs, a father is obligated to do for the son, and not a mother. So what's the source that a father is obligated to do the mitzvah of bris milah for the son? The Pasuk says, Avram Avinu did the mitzvah of bris milah for his son. So the word benoi is an extra word that teaches me that this is a halacha that the father is obligated to do for the son. Now, if the father did not do the mitzvah for the son, so then the bezdin of the city is obligated to see to it that a yid that doesn't have the, a bris mila should have a bris done. The chsev, as the Pasik says, this is not speaking specifically to the father. It's saying to the bezdin that you should see to it that every zachar, every male should have a bris. If the Bezdin did not make him a bris, so the person himself is obligated to see to it that he has a bris done when, he get, when he's an adult. 
Dechsev, as the Pasuk says, V'orel zachar ashalayimrel es besar or losoi, v'nichresa. So here it's talking about, it's talking to the person himself, that if he doesn't do a bris, then there's a, a, a So here in the Pshad of the Gemara, there's a discussion in Mepharshim about this, when it says here that the adult, the person, is chayv to do a chiv of the bris for himself, does that mean that the chiv of the father, once he becomes bar mitzvah, is removed, and now he's obligated for himself? Or maybe not. The chiv that the father has to make a bris for the son remains forever. There's, there's no reason to say that it ever gets removed. In addition to that, when he himself is an adult, he has to see to it to fulfill that mitzvah of his father in himself. But really, it remains the father's mitzvah. Rebbe discusses this in a sikha, Barichas and Chelech Yeral of Parshas Boy, both regarding Briz and regarding Pidyan Aben, that we're going to learn soon. And there, the Rebbe's maskane is that according to the Bavli, the mitzvah on the father, both by Brismila and by Pidyan Aben, remains forever. But the adult as well, in addition, has a mitzvah to do that mitzvah for himself. Okay, now this is the source of a father doing it for a son. How do we know that a mother is not obligated to do the bris for the son? Because the Pasuk says there by Avram Avinu, that same Pasuk we quoted before, as the Abish commanded him. That refers to Avram Avinu, and not her, not Sarah, not, not a mother. So we see over here regarding Avram Avinu, this is a Pasuk that says for him that he's obligated to do the bris for the son. And how do we know what it says there? And that Pasik is also for all future generations. It says the Gemara Tana Debe Rabbi Shemal. Rabbi Shemal taught the following halacha or the following rule. When it says in the Torah the expression of Tzav, the Devish is commanding, It's the Torah coming and commanding to, to go and do the mitzvah quickly and immediately. And this is both for the time being and also for future generations. Zeros, how do you know that the term tzaz means not only a command, but it also means to do it bizrizos, So the Pasuk uses the term, not only command Yeshua, but it also says to, to strengthen him, to encourage him. And you see that the term tzav means for future generations, the chsiv, and another Pasuk it says, So it uses the term tziva, and it says for all future generations. Now, of Daisai, the mitzvah that the father has to redeem the son, the mitzvah of Pidna Ben, Minolam, what's the source for this? The Pasik says, Kol Bechoyer, Banecha Tifta. The Bechoyer, the firstborn of your son, you should redeem him. The Hechad, the Leparke Avua, if his father did not redeem him, Mechaeviu, the Mifreke. So he's obligated, the person's obligated to redeem himself. The Chsiv, as the Pasik says, Podai Tifta. So from this double lotion of Podai Tifta, we learn out that he's obligated to redeem himself. That's the Gersidr that we have here in our Gemara, that is torn from the double Lashon. There are other Rishayim, though, that are not good as the word Podoi, and they're good as in the Gemara, that this Pasuk, when it says, instead of reading a Tifte, it could also be read as Tipode, that you should be redeemed. So that's the source that he has to redeem himself. How do we know that a woman is not obligated to redeem the son? Because that, when it says the Pasuk, so it could be read, that's the simple, that's the way it's pronounced, that you redeem the son. And then you could also read it, you redeem yourself. And we, so therefore we compare the two and we say as follows, one that's obligated to redeem themselves, 
Mitzvah liftes es is obligated to redeem another, which is the son. If one is not obligated to redeem himself, you're not obligated to redeem another. Okay, that's uh, the, the drasha. But the question is though, how do we know that a woman is not obligated to redeem herself if she is a firstborn? The chesiv, the pasuk says, tifte tipade. It's a, it, the pasuk could be uh, or. Uh, yeah, the, the Pasik is literally, literally says Tifte, and it could also be read Tipote, so we can compare it the other way around as well. Kol Sha'acherim Mitzuvim Livdaisai, if others are obligated to redeem you, Mitzuve Livdaisai so you're obligated to redeem yourself. But if others are not obligated to redeem you, so you're not obligated to redeem yourself. But where do we know that nobody else is obligated to redeem a woman? The Pasuk says, So we learn out from the Pasuk, you redeem your son and not redeem your daughter. So from here we know that uh, she's not obligated to redeem her son as well. Just like nobody is obligated to redeem her, she's not not obligated to redeem herself, and therefore she's not obligated also to redeem the, uh, the son. What if the case here is that the father himself never had the opinion of Ben Don? So now he has obligation to redeem himself. And he also has the mitzvah to redeem his son. So who comes first? The father comes before the son. So if he only has five sloyim to redeem one, just one of them, so he comes before his son. You die, um, yeah, you also have to go before the son. Uh, let's see, let's see the continuation. The Gemara will explain actually. Let's see. The son comes before the father. Because the son, the mitzvah is on, on his father. So now this person himself, the mitzvah, the, the mitzvah that he had, that he now has, that is, to redeem himself, so who does that mitzvah rely on, really? On his father. So his father didn't do it, so he's going to have to redeem himself. But really that mitzvah originally lies on his father. And and over here, the mitzvah that his, that his son has to be redeemed, that mitzvah lies upon him. It's the father's mitzvah. The mitzvah that a father has to redeem his son comes before the mitzvah to redeem himself. I think one will explain how this machlaik is. So Rabbi Yirmiyeh explains as follows. Everybody agrees. If all the person has is five slime to do one pidyon aben, so who kaidem lufnai? So he, he, the mitzvah of redeeming himself comes before his son. My timer, what's the reason? The mitzvah, the gufe adife. Because the mitzvah that he has to redeem his own body is, is more important, comes before redeeming his son. Kipligi, when is the Machloikis here between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda? Heiche, the Ike Chomesh Mishubodim, the Chomesh Bnei Chayrim. If he has a total value of 10 Slayim, but five of it is from properties that he doesn't have anymore. He sold it off to someone else. Now it's mishubit. It's it's responsible here for this mitzvah, but he doesn't have it in his possession anymore, and he still has five coins that he does have in his bnei chayin that are free that he has in his own possession. So here there will be a machlekes what he should do first. 
Rabbi Yehudah Savar, Rabbi Yehudah's opinion is, Milve d'chsev b'tayra, a loan that is written in the tayra. So this is an expression. What it means is, if the tayra obligates you to give money for a mitzvah, in this case, the mitzvah of Pidyan Aben. So this is like a loan written in the tayra. Kiksuve b'shtar damya. It's like a loan that's written in a shtar, in a document. What's the halacha of a loan if it's just a loan that's given and there's no document to it? You can't collect for this loan from properties that were sold to someone else. A loan that's written in a star because the star is a coil and everyone knows about it, so then the buyer could know about this. So over here, you can go and collect the loan from a buyer. So when this mitzvah of Pitna Ben is written in the Teireh, it's like it was written in a star. So therefore, Bahani The five coins that he does have in his possession, he'll redeem his son. And then, then the Kayan will go and then the Kayan can go and take from those properties that were already sold and he can take it away from the buyer for the mitzvah of Pidin Aben to redeem the father himself. So the point over here is those properties that were sold off are not, rela- are not connected. They're not obligated to be used for the mitzvah of the son because those properties were sold before the son was born. But for the father's mitzvah to be redeemed, they are, they, could, they should be used for his mitzvah. So therefore, if he would redeem himself first with the four, five coins that he has, then the kayin would not be able to go and take that property for the pidyin of the son, because that property has nothing to do with the son. So first he goes and redeems with the, the money that he has for his son, which is obligated to be used for that mitzvah. And then those properties that are responsible for the opinion of the father, because they were sold after this person was born, and he did not have opinion of Ben yet, then the client can go and use those properties to collect for the opinion of Ben of the father. Taisus argues with Rashi over here on this Pshat and the Gemara, but let me just add one detail here to clarify what Rashi holds. Rashi here says that this Gemara here is based on the fact that really the mitzvah that a father has to redeem the son is, comes before the mitzvah that he has on himself. As far as the obligation of the mitzvah is concerned, really the mitzvah to redeem the son is first. Elamai, when you only have five coins, so in such a case we say, even though the mitzvah of your son is a stronger obligation than yourself, but nevertheless, this mitzvah relies on your own body, even though it's, it's less of a chiv, but because it's a chiv that is on your own body, you do that first. But in a case where you have these five coins that you have in your possession, and then the value of the five coins that are not in your possession, so we go back to the default on this chiyuv, uh, uh, which is the chiyuv of the son and the father comes first. So you do that mitzvah first. And then you allow the kayin to collect from the properties that were sold off that is mishubit for the mitzvah pidyan aben for the father. That's Rashi's pshat and here. There's a few pshat and in here. Okay, now this is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. But for Rabban and Sabri, Rabbanan's opinion is, when you have a loan or you have an obligation of money that you owe, that it says in the Torah, here, the Mitzvah Pidina Ben, this is not compared to a loan that's written in a star that you have the ability to collect from those properties that were sold off. So really, you just have five coins in your possession. That's it. So for Hilkach, if you only have five coins, so even if you have the mitzvah to do for your son, but the mitzvah that lies on your own body, that is stronger, and that's the only, you only will be able to redeem yourself. So that comes before the son. Tanra Banan, and Abraisa, we learned, Liftai says, Benoi, Velalis If a person has enough money to do either, 
Pidyan Aben or to go and be Eile Regal. He doesn't have enough money for, for both. So some say that Eile Regal means he doesn't have enough money that he needs to spend to be able to travel. Others say Lalas Leregal doesn't mean the traveling expenses, but it means the carbon that you bring when you're Eile Regal. There's a carbon Eile Sri'iya, that he doesn't have money to buy that. So what comes first? Paidez Benoi, he redeems his son. If he gets money, then he'll go and be Eile Regal. Rabbi Yudayme, Rabbi Yudayme says the opposite. First comes the mitzvah of Aliyah Leregal, and later on he'll do the mitzvah of Pidina Ben. And the reason is, Shazu Mitzvah Iveres, the mitzvah of Aliyah Leregal to go to the Beis Amikdash and Yontiv is a mitzvah that's timely. And it, if you don't do it now, it's passing and you'll miss the mitzvah. Bezu Mitzvah Shein Iveres, the mitzvah of Pidina Ben, if you don't do it now, you have time to do it later on. So the Gemara explains this machlaik isbish, We understand Rabbi Yudah's opinion why Aliyah Leregal comes first. Can the Kama time? He gave the reason. It's a mitzvah that, that's passing. My What's the reason of the Rabbanon that say that you should first do the mitzvah pidyon aben? Says the Gemara Domakra because this is what the pasuk says. You should redeem your firstborn. And v'hada afterwards in the same pasuk it says When you come to be you shouldn't come empty-handed. You come with a carbon. So that's the order in the pasuk. So the pasuk is clearly teaching me the order. Tan Rabbanon. We learned another brayse about the mitzvah pidyon aben. How do we know if a person has five sons, five firstborn sons from five wives? So he's obligated to do the mitzvah of Pidyan Aben for all of them. The Postic says, All, all your sons, you're obligated, firstborn, you have to redeem them. So it says, Call, even if you have five wives and five firstborn sons. Isn't this obvious? When the Torah talks about Pidyan Aben, the language the Pasuk uses is Peterechem, the one that's the first born from the mother, from the mother's womb. It doesn't matter if, it's, if he has the same father. Answers the Gemara, not about the Tema, even though the Torah uses the term Peterechem, but I would have thought maybe to say, I should learn and compare the term Bechayr that it says here from the term Bechayr that the Torah says when it comes to an inheritance where the Bechayr, the firstborn, gets a double portion. There the Torah uses the term Reishis Oynei, which means the one that's the Bechayr for the father gets the double portion. Afkan, Reishis Oynei, here, it's not enough that he's a Bechayr of the mother, but also has to be Reishis Oynei, the firstborn for the father. Kamash Malan, Kol to say that one father could have more than one firstborn son to do the Mitzvah Pidina Ben for him. Okay, moving on to the next thing that I mentioned in the Braise, that a father is obligated to do for the son. To teach the son Taira. From where do we know? The Pasik says, You should teach the Taira to your son. In a case where the father did not teach him Taira, how do you know that uh, a person has to teach himself Taira? There's another Pasik, it says, Ulimadetem, Gemara doesn't bring the continuation, but this is a pasuk. It's in a different place. It says Ulimadetem Oisam Ushmartem Lasaisam. So you have to teach yourself Torah. So the first pasuk is Velimadetem. Velimadetem means you should teach your children. And then this pasuk says Ulimadetem, you should teach yourself Torah. Now Ihi Minala on the Loi Mechayve. How do I know that a mother is not obligated to teach her son Torah? When the Pasuk writes, which means that you should teach your son, 
it could be read as that you're teaching yourself. And therefore we say, one that's obligated to learn Taita themselves, is obligated to teach the child, the son Taita. If you're not obligated to learn yourself Taita, you're not obligated to teach Taita. How do we know that she's not obligated to teach herself Taita? Because the Pasik says, And the Pasik, when it says to teach your son Taita, it's a, it could be read, and it could be read. So I say also the opposite. If someone else is obligated to teach you Taita, then you're obligated to teach as atzma to teach yourself teira. The choshayena chayim mitzuvim lalamdoi. If others are not obligated to teach you teira, a mitzuvim lalamid as atzma. You're not obligated to learn or teach yourself teira. Uminayin sheena chayim mitzuvim lalamda. How do we know that no one is obligated? The father is not obligated to teach a daughter teira. The makra the pasuk says v'lemadatem oisam as benechem v'loi benechem. One has to teach the sons teira and not the daughters teira. So a girl, a woman, is not obligated to learn herself. And not obligated to teach her daughter's Taita. But this is only regarding Bechlal, the mitzvah of Limudat Taita. But a woman is obligated to learn a lot of Taita because all the mitzvahs that she's obligated to fulfill, she has to know the mitzvahs, the halachas of the mitzvahs to fulfill. That's a, a ton of Taita that she has to learn. And there's also additionally an Indian of women learning Taita. The Rebbe spoke about this by Rikhis to in our generation of women learning Taita. But over here you see in the Gemara the obligation, the way it exists by a man to learn Taita does not apply to a woman. There's also a famous thing that Al-Tareb Shachanarach brings Benigayah to women getting schar for the men who are learning Taita. When they have their husbands or sons go learn Taita and they encourage them or they wait for them to come home. So they get the schar from the, from the men that learn Taita. Taner Rabbanon and Abraisa we learned, who lilmoid? Ubenay lilmoid. If there's an option of whether the person should go himself to learn or his son will go. They can't, it's not going to be possible they both should go. So who should go? The obligation that he has to learn Taita himself comes before his son going to learn Taita. Rabbi Yehuda says, If the son is very swift in his learning and very sharp in his learning, and what he learns, he retains the knowledge he learns. So the son comes before the father. And the Gemara here brings a story that has, that had happened about this. And so Rav Yaakov, which was the son of Rav Achabar Yaakov, Shadrei Avul Abaya. His father sent him to learn by the yeshiva of Abaya. Now Ki also, when he came back home, Chazia, the father, saw the of Mechadadan Shmaitei. That the halachas that he learned, he didn't really get it and sharply well. So Malay, his father, Rav Achabar Yaakov, says, If so, my learning comes before yours. I'm better than you. Tov at, you sit over here. The Ezel and instead I'm going to go to learn Taita. Now Shoma Abaye, Abaye heard the Kaava Asi. The Travach Abayake, which was a very great person, was on the way coming. Now Hava Hu Mazik Beirabonon Da Abaye. There was this Mazik, a Shin Dalit, that would come there and would, would be Mazik, the, it, would, it would harm the yeshiva students when they came over there into the Besmedrish, by Abaye. The Chava Aili Betrain. When they would come into the Bismedrish, even if two came together, and even if it was during the day, having Mitzaki, they would get harmed from this Shindala that was harming them. So now he heard that Bachavah Yaakov is coming. He said, Nobody should give him any lodging. No one should allow him to the house. 
and he's going to be forced to come to the Bismedrish and sleep there. Efsher the Misrachish Nisa. Possibly the Abishter will do a nest for such a great person and he will get rid of this mazik. So all he came and bus bahu beira bonan. He came in to go to sleep in this Bismedrish. So Idmile Kitanine the Shivirishvase. So this mazik, this Shindalit, came and appeared to him like a snake with seven heads. So every time he davened, then he bowed to the Ebishter, that the Ebishter should get rid of this mazik, one head was, was cut off, fell off, until he killed this mazik completely. And the next day, he said to Abayi, he said to them, if not for the fact that the Ebishter brought an S here, you, you, put me, you put my life in danger. To get ma- to learn Taira or to get married and to have children. Also a great mitzvah of Piriviribya. What comes first? First, the person should learn Taira. And then you should go ahead and learn Taira. And if you can't learn Taira without first being married, so then, so the, the, as we'll see here from Rashi, the continuation of the Gemara, so because if a person is not married, so then we're concerned about Hirhurim, inappropriate thoughts that he might be having. So it's, it's a, he wants to first get married. So then, Yisa Isha, he should first get married, and then he should go ahead and learn Taira. So Rav Yudah said in the name of Shmuel, that we paskin, Noisa Isha, first the person should get married, and only afterwards you should learn Taira. Rabbi Yechelen says, no, you can't say that. If he's married, now he has a wife, and he have, they have children as well, and he'll have a meal that's on his neck, meaning an obligation to provide and feed his family, and he'll be able to sit and learn Taira with, with a peace of mind. Okay, so we have this Machleikist in Shmuel, and Rabbi Yechelen, what a person should do first, learn Taira and then get married, or get married and then learn Taira. Says the Gemara of Pligi, there's no argument between them. Halon v'halahu. One is talking about for us over here in Bavel, and the other is talking for them over there in Eretz Yisrael. So Rashi's chat in this Gemara is that the Bnei Bavel, after they got married, they would go and learn in Eretz Yisrael. So because they're going to learn in Eretz Yisrael, so then the Parnasa of their family did not lie upon them. So the, the issue of Rechaim B'Tzavare, that he had to provide Parnasa after he gets married, was not an issue. Once they already married, they were married, even though they left, Rashi says there's no issue of Hirur, of Bani and illicit thoughts, and they would go and learn Taira in Eretz Yisrael. That's for the people of Vavel. On the other hand, for people of Eretz Yisrael, because they don't leave anywhere, they get married and they stay there in Eretz Yisrael, so they're going to have to be there with their family and provide the Parnasa for the family, so they're going to be, then their learning Taira is not going to be properly, it's going to be Mavatl, they're learning. That's Rashi's Pshat. Taisus, however, disagrees. Taisus says that if they're getting married and then they're leaving, so then what's the Milo, what's the point of them getting married? If they're anyways leaving right away. The whole point is that they have a wife and they don't have any Hirhurim Ra, I'm thinking about anyone else. But over here, they're, they're leaving right away. Taisus' Pshat is the exact opposite. That when it says in the Gemara, Halon, it means that the people in Bavel, so they could first get married to a wife and then learn Taira because they... Uh, Second, the people in Bavel, they, they remain over there in Bavel. So they didn't go to Eretz Yisrael. They remain there in Bavel, actually. So because they remain there, so the problem, Rabbi Yechelen says, Rechaim B'Tzavare, that they're there with their families, so they have a Rechaim B'Tzavare, they can't learn Taira. And also, Taisa says, the people in Bavel were poor. That's the main problem here.
because they were poor, so if they're getting married, they're going to have a hard time learning Torah. But in Eretz Yisrael, they learned Torah, and they stayed there also with their families, but they were richer, they had enough money. So therefore they could learn Torah with their wives, with Tara, without any bad thoughts, and they're rich, and they can learn Torah over there. Okay, those are the two Pshatim here in the Gemara. So, the Rebbe mentioned a few times that by the Chassidim of the Rebbe Marash, that uh, the minig was then that they would get married, and then they would leave right after they got married to go stay by the Rebbe Marash for a half a year or a year, or even up to a year and a half, and they were called Yeshvim. They would sit by the Rebbe Marash and learn Torah. And the Rebbe's grandfather, Rebbe Meir Shlemi Yanovsky, yesterday was his yard site, Chofkim Alelo. So he was one of the Yeshvim. He would left and, and went to stay by the Rebbe Marash for a long time. Similar to Rashi's pshat here in the Gemara, the Bnei Yeretz Yisrael, after they got married, would leave to, or Bnei Babel, that is. They would leave from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. We once learned about this in a Gemara. It discusses about a husband leaving his wife for an extended period of time. The Gemara discusses how long are you allowed to leave. And uh, the Gemara gives a... But if you get special permission from your wife, then you're allowed to leave. The Gemara discusses this also in another place. Okay, so the Gemara Vaita, Mishtabeyach Rav Chiste, Rav Hune, Rav Amnune. Rav Chiste was praising Rav Amnune in front of Rav Hune, the Adam Godlhu, that he is a great person. Amalei, so Rav Hune said, If so, so when Rav Hune comes to you, bring him to me, I want to see him. Kiyasa, when Rav Hune came, Chazye de Lepode Sudra. He saw that he wasn't wearing a handkerchief on his head, meaning he wasn't wearing a head covering. In those times, only one that was married would wear a head covering, or maybe this is a second head covering, and he wasn't wearing that head covering. He was sure that he was married already. This head covering was worn only by those that were married. So he, so he asked him, why aren't you wearing a sudra, a head covering? I'm not married yet. So Rav Huna turned away from Rav Nuna. He didn't want to see him. Amalei, he said to him, Chazi, you should see. You shouldn't see my face. Until you get married. The reason why Rav Huna wanted him immediately to go and get married. Rav Huna, follows what he said in a different place. Amalei said, Then Esrim Shana, you come to the age of 20. And you didn't get married yet. Your entire life will be a life with sin. Your entire life will be with sin because you didn't get married at this age. Rather, you should say, all, all, all your life, he says, will be with the thoughts of Aveda. Because if at the age of 20, a person is not yet married and he has his thoughts that he could be thinking about anyone, he doesn't have a wife yet, so then those who wouldn't remain with him all his life. Rabbi Shmuel taught the same thing. Until the age of 20, Yeshiva Kaddish Baruch Hu Mitzapal Adam, the Ebishter waits for a person, Masa Yisisha, when he's going to get married. Kimishi Giyachov, when he got to the age of 20, Vuloy Nasa, and he didn't get married. Oimer, the Ebishter says, Tepechatz Moisav, his bones should uh, dry up. I think that's the translation. Omer Avchiste, and Avchiste said about this, Hi, da Difne Mechaviroi, the fact that I'm stronger and better in his learning and so on. Then his friends, the Nasivne Beshitzer, because I got married when I was 16. Yavin the Sivne Barbesa, if I would have gotten married when I was 14, Havamine Lesotan Girebeinacha. Then I would be able to tell the, the, the Sotan, I would be able to throw arrows into the Sotan's eyes, and he, I would never be afraid that he would uh, cause me to sin. So here you see in the Gemara, when's the right time to get married? At least from the age of 20. Okay, that counts.